I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Bubbling Adventure. We help busy parents who want to set their kids up for success by providing them tools to build a deeper connection with their family and to spend more stress-free time with their kids. I am your host, Julie, and each Thursday we are having conversations with guests on different themes, and our aim is to have open discussions, share different points of view, and learn in a non-judgmental way. Today's episode is all about why reading is thriving and how you can help your kids to learn faster. Maya Paintsmart is a parent educator, literacy advocate, and the author of Reading for Our Lives, a literacy action plan from birth to six. Together, we discuss why our kids need to be better readers than us, the benefits of helping them at home, how to prime kids to enjoy literature while keeping it fun and light as your child's first teacher. I hope you will enjoy this episode. If you do, please make sure to spread the love and share it with someone who will benefit from it. You can also write a review if you're listening from Apple Podcasts. Click on the five-star button on Spotify and join us on Instagram at The Bubbling Adventure for daily parenting tips. But without further ado, let's begin. Hi Maya, how are you today? Hello, I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me on today. Thanks for joining us. I'm very excited. Could you please introduce yourself to the audience? Yes, I'm Maya Payne Smart, the author of Reading for Our Lives, a literacy action plan from birth to six. I'm also a mom, a parent educator, and a speaker who is really passionate about helping kids and families lay a strong foundation for reading. Wow. Well, you must be very busy. <laughs> that sounds like a lot. Um, so can you please let me know, because so you started as a journalist, right? And then you have this passion about literacy and you're trying to you know, convert people and especially kids to reading more and Obviously, it comes with a lot of benefits, but how did that passion start? 
I have always been a big reader as long as I can remember, just have loved curling up with a book and reading and even reading informational texts and nonfiction books and how-to books and all the things. So for me, becoming a professional writer was the closest I could be to becoming a professional reader. And then when I had my daughter about 11 years ago, I really wanted to pass along that passion for reading and books and didn't have a lot of information as a new mom about how to do that. We get a lot of instruction for things like how to install the car seat or how to nurse or even how to go through labor. But then once you actually have the baby in your arms and you're taking them home, you aren't given a lot of information about how to nurture their brains and help them develop into the smart, healthy kids that we hope they'll become. So I really just started at first just reading um, from a place of personal curiosity. And then my journalism skills and background kicked in and it turned into a full-fledged investigation, including reading hundreds of academic articles and interviewing researchers and reading industry reports and all kinds of things to create the manual I needed and to share it with other parents. Yeah, that's very true what you say. I think there's there's a lot of information on some stuff, you know, like as you said, the car seat or even I think when you're pregnant, a lot of people focus on pregnancy books. And, you know, obviously there's so many rules about what to eat, what not to eat or, you know, labor and so on. There's a lot, but a lot of people tell me, oh, I got back from the hospital and now I don't know what to do. So yeah, like there's a lot of uh, of stuff missing or sometimes we we just focus on one part, but as we know, parenting is so many different aspects and it's a uh, it's it's crazy to to see these kids develop and and become you know like full-on people <laughs> so it's great and definitely so at what stage did you because I I know that for example you thought that there were some gaps in your kids education is from what they were learning at school that you thought it could be better so from what age did you notice that? And what were those those gaps? So when my daughter was very young, probably about two or three, I took a foundations and in reading instruction, a graduate level course at the University of Virginia. I took it virtually. And so I was in a class with teachers who were early elementary school teachers who were actually teaching classrooms of kids how to read. And so it was really fascinating to have that insight into how teachers learn and what they learn and much of the curriculum focused on best practices and reading instruction. So I had a really clear idea of what it looked like to teach a child to read when they were in kindergarten or first grade. But after doing that course, I still didn't have a good sense of what parents should do at home in the years before kids got to school. And then once my daughter got to kindergarten, first grade, and I saw some of the instruction taking place in Um, classrooms that I visited and also classrooms that she was a part of. I had sort of these alarm bells going off when I saw the disconnect between what I had learned, what are best practices, sort of explicit systematic phonics instruction, kind of teaching kids those connections between the sounds they hear in speech and um, the letters they see in print. A lot of that was missing in classrooms where teachers were focused more on the love of literature and sharing picture books, which is super important for building background knowledge and vocabulary, but I didn't see what I was expecting to see when it came to building phonemic awareness, which is sort of kids' knowledge of the sounds within speech. And then again, the letter knowledge and the connections between the two, teaching that in kind of an organized 
step-by-step fashion, which most kids learn, which most kids need in order to become fluent readers. So it was really just the timing of taking that class when my daughter was too young for me to apply those skills. I remember borrowing a friend's son who was a few years older (laughs) so that I could do the homework assignments because you needed to have a kid (laughs) to do these running records and different assessments and things. So I just had kind of a unique perspective as a super curious parent looking into classrooms and seeing what was going on. And then when COVID hit, this was eight, nine years into me thinking about these issues. And I saw so many parents who were stressed out and struggling with virtual education of really young kids. It's it's really hard to do kindergarten through a laptop. <laughs> yeah. And so <laughs> there was this hunger among parents to have more specific advice on what to do and not just the, the practice that you might get through a workbook, but the theory behind it so that you would be a more knowledgeable and informed parent about how about how reading unfolds over time. Yeah, that's very interesting because it's, you know, if you find it challenging and obviously you've done a course before and you're an avid reader yourself and so on, you can really see how many people would be impacted by by this issue. So it's very interesting. And how old are kids learning how to read in the U.S.? So kindergarten here is typically kids are six for the most part or five Mm -hmm. turning six in the kindergarten year. And kindergarten is not mandatory in all of the states. So some kids will start later. Most kids do do kindergarten. Some will start later. And there's also a push to have pre-kindergarten programs, so three and four-year-olds. But I'd like to, to give parents a general idea of how it unfolds in those early years when they're babies and infants, even before they're speaking to you in words parents should really emphasize oral language. And so talking to them, pausing, waiting for their response, even if it's not a word, if it's a coup or a babble, treat it as if it were a sentence and respond and describe what's going on in your environment and ask them questions and really treat it like a a duet. And then as they get older, let's say three, they're starting to notice print. And then you can talk about print and you can teach them the letters that all letters are made of lines, dots, and curves. And you can drag your finger along the text when you're reading in a book so that they learn that text runs from left to right or top to bottom and turn pages and talk to them about the title and the author and um, sort of bring their awareness to print as they get older. And then, so for most kids, formal reading instruction isn't starting until they're, they're five or six, but some kids just through you reading through you, directing their attention to print through you, the parent teaching letters, the parent emphasizing, um, playing with sounds within words. Many kids will just have such a strong foundation that they'll take off once formal reading instruction begins in school. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember learning how to read when I was seven years old in France and I don't think I really paid attention much to words I mean the spelling itself because I I know that since I was a baby I loved being read stories like that was something it was my favorite activity so sometimes when I was two or three I would yeah I think three I would say for example furthermore you know in French but because it was just (laughs) how it was in the book so I, I always had a very good language in French from a very young age but I do remember that it was a bit hard to learn how to read and the pronunciation of because 
in France as well, we have a lot of different sounds with the same letters. <laughs> so it was hard to just uh, do that. But I do remember doing all of that in class. And for us, it's our first year of primary school where we're seven years old. Uh, and I know that in the UK, it's a little bit before as well. I think there are five or six, something like that, when they start to read. So it's interesting as well to see like how the different um, techniques, but yeah, I think it's, I mean, I, th I thought it was pretty hard for me, but not as hard as for other kids. So I think also it depends, not every method is adapted to each kid. Do you have any different advice for that, like uh, different methods? I think that parents should pay attention to what is taught in the schools that they intend to enroll their child in and what the expectations are for each grade level. Is sometimes parents think, and they may have had the experience of learning things later in life. What was, for example, what was expected of my daughter in kindergarten were things that weren't expected of me in school until I was a year older in first grade. So the expectations have kind of risen. And so many parents will say, we're pushing kids too far, too fast. And they don't want to participate in that, but you don't also don't want to put your child in a situation where they're behind relative to what the school is expecting or behind relative to the support and instruction that's given there. So you have to strike that, that balance between letting your child learn at their pace, but also preparing them for the system they're going to be learning in. There are many countries where formal reading instruction doesn't start until seven, um, other even English speaking countries, and that works if the system is designed to support kids in teaching them the things at that certain age, but you can't expect your child to thrive in a system if they're starting behind. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Hmm. No, that's very true. And I guess also it's understanding because I understand that in a class full of students, especially maybe that age, you know, it's hard to cater to each needs that they have. And because some kids are very good early, some kids need to like write and like see, or some kids need to, uh, you know, do like put things together and so on in order to build the word. So I guess that's also one of the benefits, right, of doing it at home with your kids that you could maybe understand how they like to learn and how they're doing it better. What are some ways, for example, I'm sure it's it's in your book, but if you can share a couple of ways, for example, that could be useful for, for parents listening. It's important for parents to understand that there is kind of a language of instruction that takes place in classrooms. And that language often in the early grades in the US includes using letter names. So the teacher might say something like, look at the letter C here. And that the child, a child that's not familiar with letters doesn't understand what the letter C is. And so they're thinking C, like how you see with vision or see with your eyes, or they might thinking be thinking of the sea, the body of water, all kinds of things. So I think it's important for parents, in addition to reading stories, to build their vocabulary and background knowledge about all kinds of amazing stories and subjects that they should spend some time talking about letters and bringing their child's attention to print before they get to school. So it's always great to start with the first letter of your child's first name because kids are interested in that and they'll start to look for it on signs and graphic t-shirts and and print like my name is Maya, so M is my letter. So as a child, I'd probably be more interested in Ms and spotting them, picking them out and learning to write them. And we have to remember as parents that all these really seemingly basic things are, it is a journey for a child to learn the difference between a letter or a number or a letter on a line of a, on a piece of paper. An L looks very similar to an I or a line <laughs> or even a J. So we just have to start to talk about these things and it doesn't have to be a big elaborate lesson, just a light touch in everyday life, bring, um, bringing attention to letters and to print helps get kids ready for school. Mm. So as a literacy advocate, what like why do you think it's so important that more people read and especially kids learn how to read and like what are the, the benefits for you so reading in the United States, we really have a major reading issues where there are tens of millions of adults that don't read well enough to understand a ballot that they're voting on during elections or to understand how to complete a job application or to read in order to gain new skills to get a job that pays more. So it's a major issue. And there have been studies that show the association between low literacy levels, low educational attainment, low career prospects and earning potential, but even poor health outcomes and greater likelihood of incarceration. So reading is so connected to just thriving and being able to function in society. So it's hugely important. And I think it's important for parents to think about it because I think that our kids need to be pretty much better readers than us. I think the, the demands of reading are greater, particularly with the introduction of so much technology. Think about in the course of a day, how many agreements you're signing without, you know, you're just sort of scrolling through and tapping and signing away your privacy and all kinds of rights to technology companies. <laughs> so I think that there, there's a need for greater sophistication. They need to be able to understand all of these documents that they're 
asked to interact with on a daily basis so that they can advocate for themselves, for their rights, for their futures. That's so true. And it makes me think as well, it's a bit different, but for example, kids that you can observe them, they're three years old and they know exactly where to click on the iPad and how to look for the YouTube video that they want to play, which is absolutely crazy. And so you think they're able to read and type or whatever, you know, like to be able to do that, but it's probably just memory of, you know, the color or where the button is and so on. Um, and a lot of it is images because YouTube yeah. is so sophisticated in serving up other things they're interested in. So they're just kind of mindlessly clicking on videos and it's so um, addictive and kind of creates competition for reading. So if the choice exactly. is between getting all this amazing content that's personally curated for you by this algorithm and sort of the, the flatness of a book, <laughs> we have to sort of prime prime kids to appreciate the joys of literature and reading and that kind of contained quiet time or reading in community with others and having book discussions, but the, the devices and technology are major competition. Yeah. And I know it's true for learning how to count and I'm sure it's true for learning how to read where sometimes a kid very small is going to learn with an iPad, uh, an app that so parents are like, Oh, they're ahead because they already know how to count. 10 for example but they don't have the notion of for example the fact that two is two things it's you see what i mean like the <laughs> the notion behind the word is not just like they learn by heart one two three four five and they're able to recognize the number but they haven't associated the value of you know five versus two or whatever like that it's more um so yeah sometimes <laughs> you think that it's it's okay but then they don't understand actual the thing so I think it's the same probably with with that in the sense that they know this is YouTube they can recognize it but they don't they wouldn't know how to I don't know spell it or that this is the sound of like you um <laughs> so yeah absolutely with that with the alphabet song a lot of kids can sing the alphabet song mm -hmm. but what does that mean so it's just a b c d if you, you know all they they know those letter names they don't necessarily know what image the what letter in print those names connect with they don't know that those names produce certain sounds like they haven't made all of those connections so i'll tell parents rather than like have them playing this thing, this video of this, you know, dancing animal singing an alphabet song, talk to them about the letters, say the letters sometimes instead of always singing them, make reference to the letter on a piece of paper. And so always remember as a parent that you're trying to pair, you're trying to layer in knowledge and meaning and understanding <laughs> and not just kind of filling the time and having them jump through certain hoops. Yeah, that's that's so true. Uh, there's yeah so many ways and and I know that yeah sometimes you need th the same thing taught in different ways to be able to to understand so yeah to make sure that the whole concept is is understood definitely it's also important for parents to keep it fun and light <laughs> and if even even when we are intentionally trying to teach a lesson it doesn't have to be a lecture. It doesn't have to feel like school. It doesn't have to be long and boring and intensive. Just those light little fun touches, maybe a song or a game or just a conversation, back and forth conversation is really powerful too. 
Yes, I 100% agree. I think there's, yeah, again, at school, it, it's often quite rigid due to having a class of, I don't know how many students and so on, they have to do it a certain way. And, and in some cases, you know, keep order <laughs> uh, so that it doesn't go out of control. But definitely, I think at, at home, it's also a great way because you don't want to be the police. You don't want to be, you know, like... I don't know, like, I, I think at the end of the day, after a long work day, for example, you just want to spend some time with your kids and not doing it in a conflict, like, <laughs> vibe. So, yeah, no, that, that's that's true. But for me, I know that reading helped me write so much better and just being able to know how to, like, in general, I don't think I make a lot of, like spelling mistakes and and things like that and I think it's really because I started reading from a pretty young age and I've been reading every year since and I think that's something that I never really lost I mean maybe in my teenage years and then I went back at it (laughs) Uh, but that's also true that it helps you with so many other things and to me at least reading is opening a world to so many so much information because obviously you can read novels, but you can also read self-development books or history books, or I don't know, for me, it's really the best way to learn and escape for for a few hours. So this is definitely something that you can wish on on your kids. And especially like you said before, with all the the screen use and the screen time and everything, you know, there's so many reasons to be spending time on the screen right now. But when you're reading your book it's something different that's calmer that's better for your eyes and for your mind and so on so yeah I I really like your journey and your your vocation to really you know try to encourage people to read more yes I always tell parents that there are so many things that you could focus on in parenting and it starts as soon as you bring the baby home. There's, you could focus on nutrition, you could focus on sleep, you could focus on reading, you could focus on a thousand things. And as they get older, there are just more and more things. You could focus on sports, you could focus on technology, you could focus on school. But if you focus and prioritize reading as a skill that you as the parent are learning and growing and discovering more about, and you make that a point of emphasis in your interactions with kids and also language. So we'll pair conversation oral language with that as well, because that's where they'll get a lot of the vocabulary that they'll need to recognize when they see it in print. If you focus on language and literacy, you're supporting your child learning anything else they might want to learn in life because as you mentioned you can they can read a book and learn about engineering or chemistry or whatever the thing is so I think that should be encouraging to parents that you don't have to become an expert in everything (laughs) and you don't have to try to expose your child to everything under the sun you can focus on this one thing and it opens so many doors and prepares them to be able to learn on their own as they age I love that yeah, that's very encouraging. Obviously, we'll link the the book and all of your social media and website in the show notes so that everybody can go and have a look. And is there any last advice that you would like to share? I think the the last bit of advice I would share is just for parents to really embrace the idea that they're their child's first teacher. And to know that just with the power of their voice through conversation, through those back and forth turns, you can teach your child so much 
vocabulary that will support their comprehension when they read. And you can also teach them the nuts and bolts of reading. You can teach them about letters. You can do wordplay and songs to teach, to raise their awareness of the sounds within speech. So I just want to encourage parents to think of themselves as teachers and know that you can do these little things when your children are very young that support lifelong learning and positive outcomes. That's great because it's very empowering. It's really, you know, we understand why and how to to help them. So that's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Maya, for sharing your wisdom with us and your beautiful cause. And again, all the links will be in the description box. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to share if you think it might be helpful to someone you know. If you enjoyed this episode, then please make sure to write a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and subscribe if you haven't already. That's it for me. See you soon with the next episode. And in the meantime, have a lovely day. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.